listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for an interview. Hooray! Yes, we are back for another special episode where we interview somebody that is of note that we want to interview. And that person today is Lindsay Hollister, who is an actor who has appeared in many things over the years, but for our listeners, probably most notable for an episode of Nip Tuck. The episode was Nanette Babcock, the third episode of the first season, and still a very, very memorable episode. I believe Nick and I really talked up just how memorable the episode was. Came at number 18 on at least my personal overall ranking of all 100 Nip Tuck episodes, and a very memorable character, so much so that we're speaking to Lindsay today about this. And Lindsay's going to go into a lot of detail about getting into the zone for that character, how that final scene where the character kills herself was filmed, and everything else in between. It's quite a revealing interview and one that is definitely very, very entertaining. And we also touch on some other aspects of her career, getting started in Hollywood, as well as appearing on another Ryan Murphy show, one of my favorite Ryan Murphy shows, and also a little appearance on a big blockbuster movie with a certain Steve Carell. So without further ado, here is my chat with the one, the only, Miss Lindsay Hollister. It's a pleasure to be able to welcome our next guest here to the Oz Network. Somebody who has appeared on quite a few things over the years, including Bones, including The Shield. My name is Earl, Law and Order SVU. And the main one that we're here to talk a little bit more about today, an appearance on Nip Tuck, the third ever episode of Nip Tuck. Nanette Babcock, and she played the titular character of that episode, Nanette Babcock. And a couple of years ago when we talked on that episode, Nick and I talked up how amazing that character was, how amazing the actress was playing that role. So we made sure that we were going to get her on this show right now to talk about this and learn a little bit more about that as well as everything else she has done. I do, of course, speak of the one, the only Miss Lindsay Hollister. Lindsay, welcome to the Oz Network. Wow, thank you so much. That was amazing. I try to get these introductions like really good to make sure that we're off to a good start. And, uh, you know, one day I'm going to screw it up and the person might hang up straight away. Hasn't happened yet, but just, you know, for future guests, potentially. Well, if you're interviewing actors, we usually love to just feel, you know, like important. So it's like you (laughs) sit back and you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. I yep. like that. As long as I don't really like all of a sudden drop a roll, we like, ah, oh, crap, I did that show. Oh, don't ever mention that again. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do that show. Come on. <laughs> I know. I, I There used to be like, what was that? Like soft core. There was like a soft core porn. Mm. Red Shoe Diaries. I remember seeing that on people's resumes. <laughs> uh, or like IMDb. Yep. And I'm ooh, that's, that's porn. Yeah. I, mean, wow. I don't know if it even matters anymore. I feel like we're really in a time where like anything goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it People are getting like OnlyFans now just to get extra followers and things like that. So yeah, it's 2021, right? Yeah, I just honestly feel like there's very few things that are taboo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I can imagine, I mean, obviously very different to when you first got into to acting when when you initially started, Lindsay. I mean, what was the, the drive? Did you always have this desire to, to move to Hollywood, get into to acting? That's a great question. I did from a kind of a a young age, I guess. I I mean, I definitely, if you look back in my childhood, I, I, there were a lot of signs that I was going to be dramatic. Like I thought 
I was a unicorn for a solid year of my life. Wow. That's a true story. My, nice. <laughs> I gotta tell you, my family, we went to, we were, we saw a show on Broadway. I'm from Ohio, mm-hmm. and a small town outside of Columbus, Ohio, but we had family in New York. So we went to see a Broadway show. I was probably like five years old and it was called something like it's magic. And there, it was, probably about magic, I'm assuming, I don't remember, <laughs> but there was a unicorn in the show named Philomena. Right. And I, I mean, things, I don't remember much from my child. I've, I've blocked a lot of it out, but I remember that. And I, so I learned to gallop before I learned to run. That wow. is a truth. That is truth right there and very embarrassing because my elementary school gym teacher had to call my parents and say, Lindsay's galloping <laughs> down the gym and wow. not running. Yeah. Uh, and of course I was a fat kid, so they probably were very concerned for my well being. But um, but yeah, so but I did not start I mean my you know, in Ohio, it's not like my parents were like, Oh, you know, like these parents now that are like, Oh, let's you know, she's showing signs of, you know, being a performer. Let's get, you know, our kid into acting. It wasn't like that at all. But when I got into high school, my high school in Pickerington, Ohio, we had, there was, it was a brand new high school that my class was the first class to go all four years into this high school. And they had built a state of the art, uh, the, like uh, stage and um, theater, you know, and it was, I mean, better than my university was, but the, uh, I took a, I wanted to take a, a, a drama class my freshman year and did not, end up taking it into my sophomore year and that from the literally the first day of that class like I knew that's what I like all of a sudden and it was like oh things make sense you know this is something that I love because we read the fall play in class and it was a Neil Simon show which in the theater world that's you know he's like was a big you know comedy um you know dramaturg but he this show had this character named cookie and uh for a character actress which is what i obviously being overweight automatically i'm a character actress you know i'm not the ingenue not the 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 pretty lead female but anyways but yeah i and i ended up getting the role right and i always say i've said you know many many interviews over the years my whole life I had been, or, you know, made fun of. And I mean, ruthlessly, ruthlessly bullied in the school system. And this was the first time that like, you know, the same kids who were bullying me all of a sudden were like laughing, not at me, but like with me, which was Mm. crazy. But also because I was fearless, like I was crawling around like on the floor, you know, ground with my big butt, you know, things that like bully children don't normally do Hmm. because that was just my personality, you know, was like that an outlet then that you can kind of that's I guess what you you're saying, like it it made sense. Then you got into that role and all of a sudden it's an outlet to use that sort of, uh, you know, personality to a to an extended level, I guess. Absolutely. Like I will always make fun of myself before you can make fun of me. Mm. Always. Right. You know, I will will never, ever let somebody 
get the best of me when it comes to that, you know? Which I can imagine then with a the galloping added to that as well, that, I mean, that just makes it even even better, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you call yourself yeah. Philomena from that point onwards? Just, you know, kind of add to the character? <laughs> I would gallop into the kitchen and like make my mother feed me pieces of lettuce. It was severe. <laughs> it was, it was, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sharing that as like a you know oh that's cute it was like probably a mental illness and no one there's probably a condition called that like unicorn itis or something (laughs) um you know yeah have you played unicorn yet have you like managed to take that on board and play a unicorn yet i wish but that was the thing it was that when you look back now as an adult it was because i would see a character and relate to it and feel it. I remember every like movie that I would go see and walk out of whatever character I related to, I would talk and I could feel myself as that character, which is weird. You know, now mm. think not weird, but like that's, you know, with acting, you're becoming obviously and especially a character actor, you're becoming other people. But that you to a point though where you believe, you know, you have to believe to a certain extent that you're that person when you're doing, you know, out your work and whatnot. But that's something that's always come very naturally to me is what I'm saying. And I think like with acting, people do love it so much and they really want it, but there, there's so many, they're just not good at it. They don't, it doesn't come naturally to them. You can see that like, you know, I've been in so many classes and, you know, in Hollywood too. And and so many things, and you can see that's like they're they're so you know people are so uncomfortable and they're fighting their inst you know. With me, it's just always been like jump right in and I'll do whatever it takes, you know, to to be that character. And is that yeah. with that attitude, is that kind of what eventually led you to taking that jump and going out to California to, to try your oh, hand? Man. You did ask me a question and all that. You're great. No, like, to- I'll tell you now, the one thing that happens on this show a lot is sometimes there's a question, sometimes there's a half question, and then generally mm-hmm. you will go on to other things. I do the same. So the rule on this podcast, Lindsay, is that if I ask a question, you really don't have to answer it as long as it's somewhat connected to what you're actually saying. So you're, you're fine. I love it yeah. No, it's a good question. So, yes. So I started acting in high school, and I am I become – you know, like a theater kid. And I'm known for, you know, I got the lead in like every show except for one show my teacher did and I hated her for it was A Few Good Men. And A Few Good Men, which, uh, you know, if there's movie buffs here, you guys know that there's only like one female role in that. Mm-hmm. And that went to the, the leading more. lady. Yeah, so I was not in it and I was devastated. Like, like I, but, but theater taught me and school taught me, I'm not going to get everything that I want and learn how to be disappointed. <laughs> so, and those are some valuable, uh, those are some valuable, you know, res- like life experiences that actors need to have. So it, I remember it wasn't even a question though, that I was going to go to college though and get a degree because I mean, both of my parents were educators. So I, I, I mean, it was just like you go to college. And of course, I understand that I'm privileged enough to have that opportunity. Um, and, you know, not, um, I, I do, you know, know that, that I'm very lucky to, that that was just, you know, that was going to happen. 
no matter what. So, uh, but the plan always was get my degree and then immediately move to Los Angeles. It was that, that was my, it was, and I just remember like people have asked me like, well, when did you make that decision? And I've always said it, there wasn't like a, a day and a time. It was just like, well, that's what I'm going to do now. The now that I happening. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I know what I was meant to do with my life now, this is just, you know, yeah. So go to school, had a, I had a great college education, went to Miami university of Oxford, Ohio. Um, not Florida. We were a college before Florida was a state. I have so to that say never that. gets confusing to people when they hear that at all, right? Never. I mean, the only really good thing now is that, like, if you're a football fan, Ben Roethlisberger went to Miami of Ohio. He's obviously right. like the star quarterback of the uh, Pittsburgh Schittler Steelers. Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> on this show. You can say fuck, you can say shit, yeah, and all that. I'm Australian, Lindsay. If I didn't offer you swearing, it would be something wrong with this show, right? You know, you guys make it sound so much nicer than we do. <laughs> like, you can curse, and it's it's like almost like, oh, that was adorable. It's kind of weird when you're actually there, and you, you get to a point where you're so used to it that, I mean, I've been in Canada now for nearly a year and sometimes you have to kind of pull yourself up because you realize not quite as casually acceptable to drop a few words in a sentence as it would be back home, so. It's true. Yeah. And one of my very good friends, by the way, that I did uh, an episode of Cold Case with, um, she was also on that show. She Her character set my character on fire. She married an Australian. Ah, Right. And I have been, I was at their wedding in Hawaii and I've been, gotten to know Mark very well. And y'all have some amazing phrases. <laughs> um, there's one right now. I can't, I'm trying to think of it like, but I can't think of it right now, but we'll, we'll come back to that. I'm trying yeah. to say the best one, please. And if this might be it, but like use this in a sentence, it's the, uh, I didn't come here to fuck spiders. That's the that's best. It. Is that the one? Thank there you. you go. There's a reason why I that's so good. Know. Because we were talking about the huntsman and oh, how yeah. is it? I can't have one of those things near me or leap on me because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I I'm an arachnophobe. Yep. And yeah, and he goes, well, you know, it didn't come here to fuck spiders, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And that's it. I, you you knew exactly what I was. Well, it's, it's just say. so uniquely Australian that it's just one of these things that. You, you always want to use it's it's honestly something that I feel I've never heard in an actual general sentence but we all know it exists and if we can use it we'll use it it's amazing yeah it really is it's, it's it's like we just don't have culture like that in America you know we don't have that free you know I mean we we do that sounds stupid. <laughs> which i mean as an actor though you could you could just work on that and try to make it a part of american language and i think that kind yeah. of start at the bottom work your way through and then who knows by the next time we speak in the future this could be the best saying in america and who knows a president could use it in a speech and then you okay, know it's made going yeah. to you know put up part of her you know one of her new uh skims line and say you know i didn't come here to fuck spiders yeah we're gonna exactly be like, yep now you know it's part of our culture because yep. the kardashians exactly I'm not it's a... i think they are phenomenal okay wow I, yeah I'm all gonna right put that 
I don't yeah. I don't necessarily say I would be on that same page, Lindsay, but hey, I, I am always open to hear other opinions. <laughs> That's not, yeah, well, we have to define what we're talking about. But anyways, back to me, because I'm the most important thing right well, now. Well, this in is the, the interview where we're selling this as a, as a Lindsay Hollister interview, not the let's learn Australian slang with Ben Waterworth. <laughs> oh, I do love that phrase, though. I didn't commit a fuck spiders. So, yeah, so that was it. So it was just always a matter of, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And literally four months after I graduated, well, first after I graduated, I went to Europe for two months, for two weeks, not months. I wish months <laughs> um, because my, my mom did say to me, you know, take part of your graduation money and go travel because once you get settled, you know, into, you know, wherever you're living and your career and you may not have that opportunity. And it was, amazing advice. And I absolutely have suggested that to every college student that I've tutored and worked with or mentored, sorry, not tutored. And yeah. And I, you know, had a phenomenal time and came back and worked for about three months and then packed up my Chevy blazer. Yeah. Nice. That's a sexy car. It's a yeah. Sexy car. I can imagine. Uh-huh. And my mom and I drove all, all of my belongings in the world and we drove the four day, it should not have taken four days, but with your mother, it takes four, I think five days, maybe. <laughs> but with your mother, it takes five days. So. Of course. Yes. And that's it. Yeah, that's, and I, and I just, you know, I, I just been going ever since and it's been 22 years this wow. July. Wow. Yeah, Happy anniversary. Thank you. That's yeah. amazing. What was your degree in? I have to ask that. Theatre performance. Theatre performance, right. Mm-hmm. And and is that a common, I mean, obviously a lot of actors get into acting for the Hollywood dream, right? But were people in Ohio at that point, a lot of them making that move, getting in the Chevy, driving five days to go out to, to LA? Or were they maybe focused on New York, Broadway, because it was a little bit closer? Exactly. It was unusual. It was unusual, like, during my senior year at Miami, um, we had, you know, you know, you have people in who, you know, they'll bring to talk about, you know, next steps. I didn't go to a conservatory. So we, I didn't have the privilege of having uh workshop, you know, like if you go to Juilliard or Yale or NYU Tisch, like you're in front of professional people, like before you graduate. And I, I mean, I didn't have that. Miami's not like that, you know? Um, so, you know, but as we had, you know, a couple speakers in and stuff, they'd always be like, you know, where, where's everybody going? A lot of people were going to go to Chicago, went to Chicago because mm-hmm. that's like the baby New York. Uh, but I was literally the only one who was going to L.A. Wow. Like, well, why did you, you know, why did you get a theater degree to go to L.A.? And I'm like, well, first of all, I needed to learn how to act, you know, because when you're in high school, even though I know I was very talented, obviously, no, I'm just saying like, (laughs) but you, you're high school acting, you know, like SNL did this great, you know, sketch about like, you know, the child at, you know, like, like I'm on a high school stage, (laughs) you know, like everything's like over the top. So of course I wanted to learn how to act. So that's, you know, why I, I, and I wanted an education. And when I got out here, I was taking um, a class at CBS. Um, 
I care. I think it was like a comedy, like acting for a comedy, you know, something. And I remember the teacher, the professional who was teaching it, did like little one-on-ones with us. And he like looked at my resume and he was like, you know, you having a degree puts you in the top 2% of this town. I, I'll never forget him wow. saying that. That's crazy. Because, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, clearly not a professional actor myself, Lindsay, but I remember my first time going to LA, everyone you met was involved in show business, you know, whether or not they were, oh, I'm an actor or I'm a, a stage person, all this kind of stuff. And for me, someone from like small city Australia, that that's amazing. Like, wow, this is something we would never see. But I, I, I mean, I can imagine you would go to these classes and of course everyone's moving to Hollywood to follow the dream. So I didn't realize that having that degree, like that would take you up there, particularly you know, coming from the East Coast, which I can imagine there's obviously a bit of that East Coast, West Coast sort of rivalry going on board with some of these sort of places. Well, yeah, I had to join a gang once I got here. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's that's part two, yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, was, was it Crips, Bloods? Are you allowed to distinguish which one? No, don't want to piss the others off. <laughs> yeah, tell you. <ya. laughs> yeah, I don't want to piss the other ones off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know statistically what it is now because, of course, as social media has made our, you know, worlds connected, the real world and Hollywood and YouTube stars and Instagram stars and all that kind of stuff has, you know, made people, you know, but back then, you know, you just didn't, uh, you know, a lot of the people who were coming did not have degrees, you know, like they weren't you got a theater degree, you're going to New York um, or you're going to go to do the stage kind of thing. And there was just the, you know, uh, there's just the idea that if you're acting for the film, you know, for the camera that, you know, you didn't have to have a degree, but I could not imagine. I know I wouldn't have been on Boston public a year after I moved here if I had not gotten a degree. Which it must make it interesting to, you're talking about being a character actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you get into those positions, when you're going to auditions, I mean, do you get an agent that kind of helps you with that when you first start out with? I mean, how does that kind of work? And then when it comes to the character acting, when you're certainly playing that certain type, like, is it just a case of you try and go for a role, which maybe you think you're not going to get, or do you just purely go for these quote character roles? Cause you know that that's maybe all I'm going to get. I think I understand what you're asking. Like, first, let me answer the first part of that. Go for it. So, yes, you can rarely, you can almost never book um, anything like network show without having an agent Mm -hmm. or a manager or at least a lawyer. Like, I mean, you have to have representation. And so, yeah, the first goal when I moved here was to get an agent. Now, because this does tie in with what you're bringing up being a character actress because there were not a lot of women that looked like me or girls that looked like me or I didn't look like a lot of you know people so either you were totally going to get me and go this is exciting she's something different I don't have anything like her or most of the time we don't want you know a big fat girl because she's not going to work um but at the time there was a show called uh, on the air called Popular. Yes. I'm going to bring this Ryan- up for the Ryan Murphy connections here. Yeah. Exactly. Big fan of Popular. 
Great. And that's, I'm glad it's Ryan Murphy because at least people will go, oh, okay, it was a Ryan Murphy thing. He's very so first show. Yeah. Yeah, very much. And because they're only went for, you know, a few years, I Two think. Seasons. And, yep. Yeah. And it was just not a, um, it was like a culty kind of thing. It's ahead of its time. Very ahead of its time. If you go back and watch it now, it like, it holds up a lot better now than it probably did back in like late nineties, early two thousands. Oh, for sure. I don't, I don't even think the world now is ready for Ryan Murphy. Mm, like, yeah. you, don't, you know, get like, you know, like I can't believe American horror story has done as well. Like you oh, watch yeah. it. like What the, but anyways, so there was an actress at the time on that show named Sarah Rue. Mm-hmm. Um, and she went on to do, you know, quite a bit of work, um, but she was heavy. She was a heavier, you know, woman, white girl like me. And so when I was submitting for agents, I got called in to what ended up being my first agent because I looked like Sarah Rue. Like that didn't look like her, but like the, like the, basically the agent sitting at home watching popular, seeing that this girl is working, she's on that show. My headshot and resume comes across, you know, and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, she, you know, it makes sense. Like if this, you know, I could see this girl working because it's other girls working. Like, that's why I, you know, when I go back and I mentor kids at Miami, I'm like, it's great if you are like somebody that's out there. Like, being really unique is actually not like a big, like that great for you. Like, unless you're Benedict Cumberbatch, (laughs) like, you need to kind of resemble somebody that is working because agents and managers don't want to do like no one has imagination in this town and that's Mm. what a lot of people outside the industry are more are very surprised to hear me say but they want to pick up the phone like okay so like you for example like you have to get simon pig all the time Mm -hmm. right uh me as in looks wise um I'll just go with yes. Um, that might be the first I've heard of that, but I, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing. You are definitely a young Simon Pig to me, 100%. Wow. Okay, so that's, going, that's going on my Twitter bio now. Thanks for that. Yeah. I can't believe no one's told you that. Wow. So I would pick up the phone if I was your agent, and I would say, I have a young Simon Pig. And right. then everyone's going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And if they're looking for a young Simon Pig type, you're going to go in for that audition. Yeah, that's crazy. No one's told you that. I'm you use, uh, that was, uh, thank you. Like, I, I, I definitely will take that on board now. But um, I, I might have to change careers now. Yeah. He's, like, got less hair now. And yeah. you've got a lot. Of, so. Yeah. And the yeah. accent's slightly different than the English-Australian. But I can put on an English accent probably easier than he might be able to do the Australian. So, you know. Exactly. And also, we're Americans and we just... You hear. think we are. We, you, yeah. As long as you don't call me a Kiwi, I really don't care. So, yeah. I wouldn't do that to you. Yeah. I mean... Fruit, right like, yeah exactly i don't like sheep that much so it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it works out but that's way. you know you see what i'm saying so yeah. it's, it's beneficial to look like somebody so that's how i got my first agent i three months into being here now they were a small boutique agency but they had been around for a while so that you know it was a solid place you know to be and because you're young it was okay that i didn't have like a resume yet because I was being submitted for high school because I still looked really all the way up. I was, you know, I did law and order um, when I was 26 mm. and I was playing. High school. 
Which is that's common, that isn't it? Like, cause, I mean, I think half the actors unpopular were in their twenties, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, like you, you know, well, that's a whole story about like Mean Girls. You know, mm. they uh, Rachel McAdams was like 26, 27 when she was doing that. So I think the OC yeah. was famously that I think only Misha Barton was the only one who was actually a teenager, like Benjamin yeah. McKenzie, and and although it were like well into their twenties, weren't they? I almost got on that show actually. Ah. Wow, that would have been a good one to have on the resume. That was I was actually a producer, director, casting director, everybody's first choice, but network wanted to go ethnic, so. Uh, ouch. Yeah. Wow, okay. Those things happen. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Popular because, you know, that's, that's definitely what I first remember you from. And, I mean, I remember the episode too. Uh, I mean, I loved Popular. That, a lot of that is what led me into watching Nip Tuck because – you know, I've, I've always had that connection with Ryan Murphy and the fact that anything his name is on, I'm going to watch. I don't care what it's about, anything mm-hmm. along those lines. I've kind of got that cult following. And it, I mean, did that help you then eventually get on to Nip Tuck? Was there like a Ryan Murphy connection that kind of, he remembered you from popular, like your agent kind of like, how did that work? Or was that just a coincidence that you ended up being on Nip Tuck? You know, that's a great question. I, I don't know. I don't think it was like a co- like a coincidence, but because Ryan back then did work with a lot of the same actors, mm-hmm. um, and I mean he still does, but like yeah. um, like Sarah Paulson, you know, has been oh, like yeah. on all the shows lately. But I don't. It, I wasn't though that they were like, oh, we have this this character, Nanette Babcock. We remember Lindsay from Popular. She would do good at No, I was still submitted. Casting director had to look at my material, you know, say, okay, and brought me in. And I still went through like the audition process. So um, I'm sure like, yeah, it was like, oh, we've already worked with her. We know she's not a psycho, you know, like that's why it's so important, your behavior and how you are as a, human being and that you're not kicking the craft service lady under the table, you know, it's, it's important, you know, Keep like all those gang things to the streets, right? Like, you know, don't just get full on afterwards on. Yeah. Don't be a Val Kilmer. You yeah, know, exactly. You know, don't, don't doing that. And I mean, the thing with Nip Tuck, of course, as well is, I mean, you're in episode three, the, not just the, you know, season four, like this is the third episode in the history of Nip Tuck. This was a, a unknown quantity at the time. So, I mean, do you remember, getting that script and sort of reading it and, and what do you, what are you told about this show at the time? Well, really quick, just to go back because I, well, the two characters that I play like on popular and then of course Nana or Nana Badquack are completely different. Mm. Right. Like, but I know that what, cause Ryan was in my producer session for Niptock cause you know, you go to casting director first typically. Right. Um, Now you, you can't get to a point in your career where you bypass the casting director and they will bring you straight to producers. But I think because the role was written a little older than what I played for Nip Tuck, that they did want to see me first. So, uh, and then of course they sent me to producers and Ryan was in the room. Now Ryan's not in the room anymore, right? Mm-hmm. For that kind of stuff. But back then for Nip Tuck, he was. But I, what I think now, you know, you know, actors were in the dark about everything. They don't tell us anything. And then they wonder why we're crazy. But then, um, but I do remember for those two roles, I think I did, I know I did something completely different than what they had, you know, had been brought in before. I just, 
Cause I remember like for Nip Talk when they brought me and I feel like the casting director said to me before when they're like, do it exactly the way you did it in, you know, our, your session. But they don't, you know, which you typically don't change it. Cause if you're getting a producer session, that's because the casting director is seeing something that obviously they like. So you don't, as an actor, you're told like, don't go in and change your performance. But I remember specifically the part where um, they, you know, like I'm in my apartment and I have the knife. Yep. And there's that like, you know, she's being, you know, my character's being accused of pouring acid or whatever. Taking it and personal. That, yeah. Yeah. That line is, you know, you think whatever, like, you know, that, and then that is personal. It wasn't written the way that I said it. It was just written like, you know, that is personal. Mm-hmm. And I remember for the audition specifically slowing it down to that is personal. And I think that's what got me the role. Like right. I just, I really do like my instincts are. And the same thing with like Big Bertha Muffin from Popular where it was like, I would just, and I was shooting at the time Boston Public. Or so, and I remember like running to this audition. And of course they always say, you'll never work more than when you're working when because you when you go to auditions you're just like hi okay great let me do this and i gotta get back to work not the desperation you have when you're not working and you know you're like hire me you know so <laughs> but i remember for big birth of muffin too it was like i had centered myself i went into because they did bring me to producers for that different casting director and did that you hit my car and you're gonna pay <laughs> like it's not written like that right like that menacing like kind of thing so anyways side note i think that those were you know when they saw me they were like yeah you know Lindsay's, you know playing these two distinct characters but probably because i had done popular it might have helped De i definitely probably got me in the door but i wish i was at a point where ryan was like thinking of me well, I was going to say that, like, is it, you're not still on his books now? Like, you're not getting an American horror story or a, or a Pose call-up or something like that? <laughs> I've auditioned for the casting directors, yes. So the casting directors that work on 99% of Ryan's stuff, it's uh, UDK, Ulrich, Dawson, and Kritzer. Uh, they put me on Popular. They put me on Nip Tuck. They put me on several things. Yeah, they call me in. I've auditioned for American Horror Story several times. Uh, most recently, um, a different casting director for what was the other thing? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. There was something else that he, uh, did, but UDK uh, brings me in and stuff like that. But I'm not on Ryan's like you know radar kind of thing. So I think Big like listen to this show, Lindsay. He'll you'll be back on these uh, on his radar very soon. Don't worry. Ryan, call me. You know, I think like, <laughs> you become like if you're a Sarah Paulson for him, like I think I needed to have booked like a recurring role on one of his shows at least to really have gotten to like know him and get in on the inner circle. I mean, I've only done two of his shows. So, mm. um, and I was only did like one episode on those shows. And there's just a lot of, you know, I'm sure a lot of people in his universe, but you know, I went to the um, after party for, or the, you know, the not the after party, but the, rap party for Nip Tuck and you know it was such a memorable part I remember you know person after person coming up but 
you know, Ryan right now, he just has so many, you know, shows on there and his, you know, iron, you know, he's just got so much going on, but you know, maybe if my tape has gone across his desk or whatever, you know, he might vaguely remember me. I don't know, but, but definitely, yeah, I wish that, you know, I had, uh, you know, that relationship where if Ryan has another show, I know I've got a job, <laughs> you know. Was it because you mentioned before about how, you know, you know the Sarah Paulsons and the, the Jessica Langers, you know, obviously he's using them a lot. But, like, there's numerous um, people that just pop up. I mean, I remember watching Nip Tuck when it was on. Like, every, you know, you'd, oh, there's from popular, from popular, from popular. And then, you know, it happens in a lot of his other shows too. So he obviously, I feel, likes to kind of use some of these other ones there. But it's interesting you talk about sort of, you know, obviously only having these one episode arcs. But... I mean, a lot of the reason why we've got you on today is because your one episode of Nip Tuck is so popular. We we spoke with uh, Rebecca Metz last year, who uh, played basically the, uh, the the character who uh, Christian has sex with, with a paper bag on the head, basically, you know, one of the more memorable characters as well. But, I mean, you didn't quite get that far with Christian, unfortunately. I, I don't know how you would have felt about that. But uh, at least, you know, as I said, three episodes into Nip Tuck, and, and this is the type of character that you're playing. I mean it's a very in-depth character. Like you're talking about this knife scene where you're basically taking this personal because they won't do surgery for you. You know, people who want a memory refresh, uh, your, your character essentially is going to, is it a 10 or a 20 year reunion and want some liposuction done to, to go and look sort of, you know, this way. And ultimately we've got our beloved uh, psychologist who last one season, Grace. Oh, I've said her name. I swore I never would say her name again on the show, but there she is. Uh, who basically says no, because uh, you know, you've got some psychological issues there and spoiler alert at the end of the episode, essentially you are, uh, your character ends up killing themselves. It's very dark, very, very dark. Uh, I mean, how do you prepare for a role like that, Lindsay? I mean, that's probably the one question as an actor you get all the time. Like, how do you prepare for a role like that? But that is a dark role that you've got to go from point A to point B. There's a lot going on there. Yes. Um, so, well, they had to change the, um, they had to change it for my age. So it was written that she was going to her 20 year high school reunion and they did change it to 10 years for me. And that's very rare that because you're, that's the thing, like really quick when it comes to character actresses and like in high school, you know, you're, you're putting on all this old age makeup, you know, because you're playing characters that are 20, 30, 40 years older than you. Right. Mm -hmm. And then of course you come out to Hollywood and it's like, you've got character actresses who are actually 20, 30, 40 years older than you. So by the way, there is some heavy breathing right now. That is my dog. I just want everybody to know if you're picking that up, that's not me. I just, well, I thought you were that excited for for the for the interview, but like a, you know, and dogs too can also get excited to be on this show, so that's a good thing. Boring. It's so cute. So, <laughs> um, okay, so the so that so that was one. You know, that's why I, you know, that this will always be such a special. You know, for my career, this will always be such a special time because that never happens because there's plenty of women who were of proper age so why they picked me again you know i'm not like that egotistical to say like i was the best person i just think that i brought something different to the role that other women but because how do you prepare now that's a great question because i don't know if i've shared the story about what the nurse said to me on set did okay, I ever tell well, you? I have not heard this story before, so uh, please go ahead. All right, great. So two, uh, a couple of things about this. So first of all, 
I did not research or like create a backstory for Nanette when I, when I did this role. And I, I think that sounds very lazy and maybe it is very lazy. I was an actor, but I knew her just from the very beginning. Like, you know, you get, a, you know, you audition for a lot of stuff that you don't really get the character, but I knew her. And uh, so the nurse, okay. So of course, you know, Ryan always has um, a medical advisor yep. on shows like this, right. Or even, you know, any medical show. So the nurse actually, that was the advisor, the technical advisor for Niptuck has gone on and she's on Grey's Anatomy. And nurse she's Linda. like, are we talking about nurse Linda? Yeah, exactly. We loved exactly. it. We we talked we talked Nurse Linda up a lot because she got more and more talking lines as the series progressed. So no, Nurse Linda, we love her. Oh well, yeah, you guys know that's perfect. So Nurse Linda, I remember she, I think it was like right after I we filmed the part where I'm on the treadmill, mm-hmm. right, and getting the phone call because yep. yeah, I'm not. I want all this plastic surgery. And she, I remember distinctly being like, you know, behind this, the set on the sound stage. And she came up and she said, I just want you to know that you are portraying somebody with bipolar just to such perfection. She's like, you know, did you do a lot of research and stuff like that? And I, you know, of course <laughs> looked at her and was like, yes, <laughs> no, you know, like, because you know, for me, like that last scene, right, where my character Nanette is sitting in front of that wall of, you know, cut out magazine pictures. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just know what it's like to live in a world where the ideal woman, the perfection of a woman, the, the, every, you know, beauty magazine, every movie, you know, commercial shows a body type that I am not, not only am I not, but I could not, I I'm like the opposite. Like I'm on the opposite side of this, right? Like my, at my heaviest, I was 380 pounds. And so when I didn't have tuck, I was probably about 300 pounds. So I know what it feels like still, but like to be, you know, to, to live in a body, to exist in a body that people find repulsive, not just repulsive, but weight in this country makes people angry Hmm. and when you're really, really big, I mean, I have had stuff thrown at me on the street, like walking down the street, a can of Sprite thrown at my head. Weight is disgusting and it makes people angry. And so not, so you're, so you're existing every day, you know, in this body that makes, you know, people hate you. And that hatred is something that you can feel you know, as a human. So when my character, you know, is looking up at all of the, you know, and so when I was a little girl, just by the way, I would imagine cutting my stomach off. Like if I could take scissors, because I always carried a lot of weight in my stomach. If I could take scissors and just chop my stomach off, right? Like that's, those are not normal thoughts for a little girl, right? Yeah. But I hated my own body so much 
And so I knew what this, how this character felt, you know, like, like that desperation of wanting to be anything other than what you are. And that, you know, she probably saved up all this money to get these surgeries and now they're denying it. And, you know, so what is left? You know, what, do you, what is left if like the one thing that can save you from this prison is now being denied to you? What is left, you know, for you? So when I put that gun in my mouth, which is a real gun, and of course you have a lot of set safety, you know, had a, you know, the, the props, you know, gentleman came over, showed me that it was not loaded, you know, but when you hold a real gun and the weight of that in your hand and you put that in your mouth and you pull the trigger, even if it's for, you know, I just remember like I was in another, I remember I was in another planet when we filmed that. Cause also we had the blood effect. So behind me, also too, I want to set the picture as well. Like, this is why so many people think, you know, acting is so easy. A lot of them, not, you know, not everybody, but you know, you're really in film and television, you're asked to create an entire world inside of a very artificial world. So I'm on a soundstage and they have just this one very basic, like two walls that of course are just propped up, you know, like with pieces of plywood. A little piece of carpet, you know, we are not like in an apartment, you know, like we're just in like a little, you know, staged sort of thing. And I'm sitting on the ground and they had the camera on a track. I remember that because they wanted to push in, you know, really slow. Like it was beautiful. It was really beautiful directing too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he, like the whole the closing sequence of that episode. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that shortly with the music and everything. But yeah, no, the way oh, it was shot. I yeah. Yeah, just like chills, right? But they had the blood machine behind me because they had to obviously have the trajectory of the, like where it would go, you know, onto this wall. So I remember them coming over and go, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm just trying to be in my headspace, right? But this is not so far from how I feel, you know, like every, of course, you know, as you're acting, you have to tap into the pieces of you that relate to the character, you know? I mean, you're, even if you're playing somebody completely different to, than you, you, which you can, and people do it all the time, there's still parts of yourself that you're intertwining, right? Inside of this character. And they came over and they're like, okay, Lindsay, you know, we're, we're gonna do this <laughs> and we're gonna, you know, and we have to reset, we'll reset. But it was basically like, we don't want to, you know, the idea is like, if we have to shoot this again, this means the art department has to come in, take down this entire wall of pictures, put it back up, you know? And, you know, so I just knew like, we need to get this in one shot. Like they're, that's what they're saying here. And the timing and everything, of course, has to be perfect. And I got this guy, he's, you know, I got a union guy, <laughs> union guy breathing down my neck. <laughs> You know, probably still smells like the turkey sandwich you had for lunch. And <laughs> I got the blood thing and they, you know, the, the camera and it's pushing in. But I just remember when I turned my head and I put that gun in my mouth, I was her. 
Like, and I was going, and this was it. This was like what it would feel like to say, I'm ending my life. Like lights out, you know, this is it. And yeah, and I, so once, you know, shot, you know, pull the trigger, blood went off, you know, they pushed past me a little bit and it was like, you could hear a pin drop. It was like, of course there's silence anyways when you're shooting, but I'm just saying like, right, you could tell like everyone was just, riveted on this moment and people were crying there wow. was like the makeup women were crying like it was like oh it was unbelievable it was like doing a live stage you know show and everyone just started clapping when they yelled cut and like you know of course they run over are you okay you know blah blah so like it was just it was incredible so the the answer is i'm not bipolar i've never been diagnosed as bipolar I have friends who are bipolar. Um, I I know the you know the basis of you know the extreme ups and you know what are ups and downs of it. But at the end of the day, Nanette Babcock is every single woman who does not look like Giselle Bunchen and how we feel. Like even you know like not to that extreme, but you know we are, every woman you know, in the world who knows what it feels like to not be adequate, to not be considered, you know, beautiful and to not have that attention, you know, from, from men that, you know, what would it feel like to, to be that way, you know? So, so yeah, that, that, that's my long answer to your question about Nat, you know, getting You're into fitting that into the show. Well, that's generally what I, I like it when it comes to the answers. I will say just quickly, You've dropped Giselle Bunchen and Benedict Cumberbatch on this show. That's a really good quota for the big, long, tricky names. I, I, I like that. It's it's so interesting to kind of hear that and getting how that worked with that character because I don't know if I talked about this when we did that episode recap, but, I mean, there was always part of that episode too that I also related to, Lindsay, because, I mean, I, I, I also grew up big guy, um, you know, lost weight over the last few years, but, you know, I mean... I too could, you know, relate to that of what it's like to not have that ideal body of even from the perspective of like, you know, the men's body and things like that. So I think, you know, everything about that in this episode always connected with me. And, you know, you talk about sort of getting into that character. You are that character at the end and, and the emotions that everyone's having once the word cut, no doubt, is, is do, you, do you have to go and just have like a, bottle of wine that night i mean how do you get out of that then all of a sudden when you've done such an emotional sort of episode and scene i mean how do you just go back into reality from that point yeah i'm a good actor i it's, it's horrible to say and i would it's never correct normally, answer though <laughs> like right when you asking you're asking that is like i can snap in and out because i you know like yeah i mean there are I okay listen i've never played like a serial killer for, you know, a 30 day, you know, film. Like, I do know there are actors that have had really, you know, hard times coming out of like that dark world. Yeah. yeah. Those Something dark like worlds. Yep. Um, but for me, and this goes, ties back beautifully to, you know, me being a unicorn for, <laughs> you know, Will I just, do I, I can go right in, I could go to Nanette right now for you, like, and do that scene with that level of intensity, you know, like it's just an ability that I have, like, and I, um, and, I, but they're, you know, all actors are different, 
And there's, you know, I do know there's a lot of method actors that like can't get there into, but, you know, at theater school taught that to me too. I learned like, you know, the Stanislavski, you know, method of, you know, sense, you know, memory and like, you know, how you think of something sad in your own life and tie it into, you know, I didn't have to do that with Nanette, Nanette because that was my life, you know, being overweight and feeling hideous and disgusting and that I was too big for the world that I was living in, you know? Um, I, I knew what that felt like already. I didn't have to, you know, it wasn't that big of a stretch kind of thing. So, you know, I think like, you know, acting is just, is just it really is an amazing thing. Now it's the hardest industry and career on the planet. And I don't get to do it until someone gives me permission. And that sucks. It really mm. does. Yeah, because acting, mentioning that for sure. Yeah, we don't talk about it that way, but it's true. You know, like, um, you know, if you want to be a teacher, like you don't have to get permission to be a teacher, you know, mm. like I, and it's not just permission from one person. I have to have like an entire group of people agree on me to give me permission to do something. And it's, that's the hardest part. It's been really hard for me because I truly adore acting and I love it. And I, I'm getting teary now talking about it. It's crazy. I'm tapped into those emotions. You are. You really are getting to Nanette here all of a sudden. Yeah, a little Nanette. But yeah, it's just something, you know, I think it's probably escapism too, you know, like acting can make me feel like the most beautiful woman. You know, at 300 pounds, I played a dominatrix with Danny Masterson in a cult little film called Puff Puff Pass about marijuana. Like- wow in a corset, you know, boobs to my chin, you know, I, I feel like acting makes, can make me feel sex. I can be all those things with acting, you know, like I, I just, it's one of those things I truly, truly love to do in my, in, in my, you know, and I feel like I've been so lucky to be given this talent, you know, but it makes me sad in a way because I'd show, you know, the path I'm on is just really like sitting around waiting for someone to give me permission to do it. it is, I've never really heard it described that way before. That that really does put a very unique perspective on acting. And it's kind of one of these things, I mean, I've, I've interviewed many actors and actresses over the years, and, and it's definitely a, a, an industry that I've always had the, the highest respect for. Uh, and that, you know, definitely not one of these people who sits there and go, oh, acting's easy, because it's, it's, it's definitely not. Um, but it's also hearing your passion when you talk about it, though, Lindsay. I mean, it's it's that cliche of find a job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And, I mean, that's clearly the case for what you have in acting. So when you do get those roles and you can go out there and you can play these characters, I mean, a, a lot of it, going back to my point when I went to LA, you talk to these people, wow, it's a crazy world, everyone's in entertainment, and you think that must be the best life in the world. It's 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 sure that would be great for every actor to be you know benedict cumberbatch winning oscars all this sort of stuff but at the end of the day you're you're doing it because you love it it's not all about big hollywood fame like i think a lot of people think that acting or all actors want to be right exactly yeah i'm not saying that you don't want that like if you get it great but like at the same time that's not all about that right like if you gave me the option of like okay you can do one big film and you make a lot of money and everybody knows you and you're really, really faint, you know, thing, but then you never work again, but like you have enough money to live on or 
you can do steady acting work and support yourself your whole life, but not be a household name, I would pick the latter. Like, and it's day. always more fun because I, I, like you kind of almost become like a a trivia pointer again. Like you, you then literally become one of those people. If I'm watching a TV show, right, and I see you on, I'm like, fuck, what's she from? What's she from? IMDb, boom, there she is. Oh, nip tuck, nip back. Like it's, I think that's more fun, right? Like straight away, I'm just like, ah. Lindsay Hollister, there she is again, five-time Academy Award winner. Like, oh, there she is, oh, whatever. Was, exactly, that would be. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I didn't come here to fuck spiders. Yep. So, hey, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I was waiting for it. You were What's sitting it? there. You were like, when can I use it? You know, just. You know, just... they call it a comedy. It's a callback. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I love it. When, when you talk about sort of everybody on that set, you know, clapping, science, like, do you, do you think people were knowing that Nip Tuck was going to be a success at that point? Because, I mean, had the first had the pilot aired at that point or was it still kind of filming before it had even aired? You were filming before it aired. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I feel like I remember seeing the first billboard for it up on uh, Ventura Boulevard in the valley. You know, it's like this big boulevard that runs mm-hmm. through the valley. And we were I was going to lunch with my mom, I think. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the show I'm going to be on. Right. Like, because when I was filming it, people were like, are like, are, are you really getting like, it's like a reality show. Like you're really going to get like nipped and tucked. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That <laughs> That's what they thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. They thought it was like a reality show about cosmetic surgery. And I, cause I remember I had to tell people over and over again that it was scripted. Mm. So I feel like, yeah, it wasn't, but then that means FX gave him uh, an order for it. Yeah. Which I think yeah. from from memory, yeah, I think reading about that. Yeah. Cause, I mean, we, we've had um, John Hensley on Roma Mafia and they've both talked about how like when they first get the script and, you know, you don't have a clue. I mean, the pilot episode is crazy enough, right, without having to go on to that. But I think, you know, we talked about popular being ahead of its time. I mean, you talk about Nip Tuck in terms of that episode where, you know, they're putting such a focus on the character like Nanette who like as you were describing you know has all these sort of you know feelings and and you know depression bipolar everything on the perfect body I mean the very first episode I don't know how much of it you watch or how much you remember when you've got uh Julie McMahon's character Christian and Kimber basically and he's drawing all over a body within like the opening scenes of this show you've got somebody just completely destroying who I guess most people would look at Kimber and think she's you know she even calls herself the perfect 10 yet Christian destroys her straight away with lipstick and goes, nah, nah, you could lose liposuction, you could do this. And immediately you're watching this show and you're like, holy crap, like, what is this? What is this trying to do? And, I mean, it's such a unique show and I can imagine it just would have been, yeah, it's such an amazing thing to be a part of, particularly in the very early days before this was winning Golden Globes for Best Drama Series. But you're, you, you're just, you've hit the nail on the head. It's like, it was way ahead. Like, now look at how common lip enhancements and fake like fake is in and actually Mm. in my opinion because of the kardashians like going back to that not to bring that back around but it's fine you're allowed five mentions of the kardashians per episode and then you get into trouble it's true like the like the they have made it okay for all of these enhancements the brazilian butt lift lips eyelashes like uh, fillers, uh, both like they really have. I mean, like Kylie, like, look, Kylie doesn't even look like anywhere near the person that she was born, like at all. Like you couldn't, if you put them side by side and ask uh, somebody who's been living in a hole, 
if the, uh, they were related, they wouldn't even probably say they were related. Like mm. she had changed herself. I do think it is much more commonplace now for plastic surgery. But so, but back when Nip Tuck, it was still something that just rich Beverly Hills women did. But now I feel it's much more common for the average woman to have these enhancements. Yeah, so which it's, it's also inter- different now than it did 20 years ago. And, and it's one thing we discovered too when we, we did the recaps is that it's a show that at its peak was very popular and very well known. It's it's almost now kind of, I don't say forgotten about, it's not the right way of saying it, but it's it's it hasn't stood the test of time. Whereas, you know, we're still talking about Friends and, you know, other shows yeah. like that, that people are kind of, you know, on lockdown. I actually watched a sort of a Ryan Murphy sort of reel uh, in the lead up to this interview where they're going over like his styles and things like that and his history. Nip Tuck barely got a mention, yet that was the show. I mean, Glee was arguably the show that really put him into the stratosphere, but Nip Tuck was the show, I think, that kind of made people sit up and take notice of who he's, again, won Golden Globe for Best Drama in, what was it, 2004, 2005. So, I mean, it was a show that was was garnering some success. So it's kind of interesting to look back on it now and discover that a lot of people have almost forgotten about Nip Tuck, which is a real shame. Yeah, I agree. They do like you if you mention it, they'll be like, Oh yeah, you know, that kind of thing. But no, you're right. But I do think that Ryan had, like does anyone talk about the um what's the one he did with the the mate like Gwyneth Paltrow and like the kid who's like running for office? Oh, uh, uh the politician. Yeah. You talking about that? Like, well, I didn't even realize there was a second series of that. I only just realized that they dropped a second series of it last year because I loved the first one and I yeah, barely got any mention of the second series. I didn't even know that it existed. I just ran across mm. it on Netflix and it actually was really good. Like, oh, it's amazing. First, yeah. Like, it's hilarious and funny. And I'm like, what? No one's talking, you know, but I mean, it's so oversaturated now, you know, but I don't know. I, I think like, yeah, Ryan's career and people like for mainstream started with Glee. Like that's what they'll remember him from which you know but yeah, yeah i i would never have watched glee ever because like i'm not really the biggest musical person but again ryan murphy's name on it i watched it i enjoyed glee i think you know most people enjoyed glee but it's it's because i used to always describe popular as a darker glee without the singing and i think kind of he had nailed it on the head with popular and obviously just watered it down slightly with glee and added music and then it became a massive hit so that goes back to popular being so ahead because like I rewatched, I rewatched Popular not that long ago, and my God, that show is still amazing. Like, how has that not become such a cult cult favorite, like, even more so than it kind of is? Because, wow, that show was so amazing. Yes, I, you know, that's the thing. I, I think, like, with Ryan, though, I mean, I think a lot of times, like, he just jumps the shark so quickly. Mm, like, mm-hmm. for the regular thing, you know, think about like middle America mm-hmm. you know? and it's just like, they have not accepted homosexuality. You know, they've not accepted like so many of these things that he talks about, you know, like in the Hollywood, you know um, what's the Hollywood one that he just did. Yeah. And, I think it was just called Hollywood. Yeah. It was yeah, just yeah, literally called Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood show. Then he was yeah. <laughs> like, it, he just, his, the themes and stuff are like the kind of outliers in a way. Like, I think like, you know, like same thing with the politician, mm. you know, like right away, it's just like, is this too much? 
Well, it's, and I mean, Nip Tuck, I mean, in the very first season, he's like tackling, you know, transgender issues, you know, and this was what, 2003, when this was barely, barely talked well, about. Um, things Boy like, is a very good friend of mine. I don't know yeah, if you know that. I did not know that. You should have him on the show. I would love to have him on the show. We, we definitely loved him like on, on the show and we talked highly about him. So absolutely, hook us up, Lindsay, you know. I will absolutely hook you up. Can I tell you a quick story? I feel Please do. I tell, I'll just add before you tell the story, tell him that a young Australian Simon Pegg wants to talk to him. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So let me tell you, we went to, I was at a, I was down um, uh, at like Paramount to see a production of, a Broadway show before it went to Broadway with the rock star. It was like one of those big ones. Rock of and Ages. Rock of Ages. Thank you. And thank you for finishing my sentences. That's I okay. That's it. You're welcome. Really? Anytime. What's that Hollywood show? Hollywood. <laughs> so we were after that Rock of Ages show at the bar in the back and Willem you know, of course I recognized him as as the, you know, Cherry, I can't remember his name now, but he walked Cherry up Peck. and he was Cherry Peck, thank you. Yep. You know, I almost said Mary Cherry and that was the character yeah. on Exactly. Well, I was going to say like Mary Cherry connecting to Nip Tuck and now she's what an American horror story. Like she's ever, she's great. We love her. Yep. Love her. Leslie. Yeah, she's yep, great. Leslie. Yep. She's a very great, yeah, she's got, she's a character actress, got a good career going. But anyway, so Willem comes up and he goes, literally this is the exchange. You were on Nip Tuck. And I was like, you were on Nip Tuck. And we've been best friends ever since. Fantastic. That's all it takes. <laughs> that's all it takes. I, that story was not any more than that. But that's hey, what I like, That's all the story I needed, right? Like, you know, uh, that's, we just, it doesn't matter how big or small the story is. It's connections. We like it and it works. But no, by all means, like we, we don't often like to play the, hey, if you know this person, get them on the show. Let's be honest, we kind of do. Uh, so yeah, by all means, hook us up. I mean, also, you know, Ryan Murphy calls you again. Just saying, just... <laughs> first thing like before before he says like hey Lindsay, i'd like to offer you the lead role in american horror story but yeah okay i will but as long as you do the oz network podcast only if you of it and my writer yes <laughs> yes do it do it that way one thing i actually wanted to add i don't know how much of nit tuck you continued to watch but your character when um christian rings you and he's basically like we're, we're not going to be doing the surgery anymore you get a little bit angry and you hang up the phone by saying, I hope you get cancer. And then you hang up, right? Now, again, don't know how much you watched of Nip Tuck, but in season five, Christian Troy got cancer. So I just want to blame Nanette Babcock for getting Christian Troy cancer. That's amazing. They should mm -hmm. have flashback to me and I would have been paid for that episode and gotten residuals. You should have. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. You like might need to call up some people. Why do I all have these like one and done's, you know? Yeah. Awesome people. Yeah. Sorry. Just made this, this slightly depressing, but I, I guess, you know, when you do these one, <laughs> when, when you do these one episode sort of arcs characters, does it make it a little bit more meaningful that here you are getting interviewed on a podcast, like 18 years later, still talking about the, the legacy and impact of that one episode? Yes, it does. And I'm going to tell you why. I almost brought this up when we were talking, got a little deep about like, you know, career and how, you know, acting gives you permission. There's this saying in Hollywood that you're only as good as your last project, right? I mean, you've heard that. Everyone, you're only as good as your last job, right? Mm -hmm. And that your credits can be old, right? You know, like you get to a certain point and actors will start taking 
you know, shows off of their resume because it's old and it's aged them. You know, it's like, well, who cares if you're on Wonder Years? Mm. I, you know, and that makes me mad because I say to myself a million times a day, all my stuff is old, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. And that, that should be the opposite of what it is. Like if you are doing work that people are still talking about, even a year later, you know, that's pretty cool. And you should be proud of that. And the town teaches us not to be though, to keep us in our place. Like I, you know, I, I, I look at, you know, I haven't worked as much as I did. Um, I had focused for several years and started a business with my husband and, but like, I wasn't off the table. It wasn't like people were offering me stuff and I was turning it down. I'm not going to say that. It wasn't like I was in Wyoming having, you know, babies. Like (laughs) I would have worked, you know? So my time is over. I come, that goes through my head. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm, am I ever going to work again? And it's like, does any of this stuff matter? You ask yourself that. Because, you know, I go and I look at my IMDb and I know that, you know, I've done, you know, like 35 guest stars and it's like, you know, it's like this stuff should, it should matter. And yeah, like this, the things that I did, people still talk, like I literally have to get off of this interview and I'm going to go talk about law and order special victims unit randomly for another pod thing. It usually doesn't happen. I mean, no one's interviewed me in years. (laughs) <laughs> well, we'll trying- just get you on it. We'll just bring up new things to talk about in Annette Babcock every week. Come on. <laughs> I love it. No, but I'm saying like, yeah, like I, this is meaningful and I am appreciative of that. And I, but, and I like, we have such as actors, we just have such a difficult time giving ourselves any credit for anything, you know, like, because again, like we're trained not to, we're told, you know, like, well, what have you done lately? You know, like you said, well, you haven't been on, Ryan's last five shows, <laughs> like, you know, like what yet. But there's that saying, <laughs> where have you been? Hmm. You know, what you, like that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so but Hollywood is weird in that at any time, yeah, you know, you can all of a sudden something could come along. And if the winds are blowing at the right direction, you know, yeah, you can come back in, you know, on the on the scene. Which it also then must make it fun for you. You mentioned going to do another podcast and, and it's kind of like this is where this makes it, you know, you're able to, these roles live on, right? Because you will have a random podcast going, we want to talk to you about a nip tuck, then let's have another talk about, you know, SVU. So it's it's kind of, these shows are being kept alive in the form of podcasts and YouTube channels and blogs and things like that. And it always gives, uh, you know, a, a possibility to relive that. And I think that, you know, I know from a podcast host, it's, it's very much appreciative for you to give your time to talk about that, but for yourself to take yourself back to that set and, you know, relive these stories about what it was like filming these shows. It must be, you know, fun in itself. Yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing. Like, because this, these are the things that you're supposed to tell your kids, but uh, you know, I, I gave myself to my career and I didn't have kids. So I will have to share these stories and podcasts. And yeah. I think it's great that people, that, why do we do this? Like for me, again, it's not because of the money. I want money. I'm not telling <laughs> you I don't want money. I love money. <laughs> But you're you're supposed to do this thing as a performer because you want to touch people and you wanna you want to make a difference in people's lives. Like 
you know, like you're not a doctor, you're not saving people's lives kind of thing, but actually you are in a sense, like as a, like as an actor and, you know, somebody that doesn't look like everyone else, I've gotten letters from young people who have said, I, I, I considered suicide until I saw you on days of our lives. That changed my life. That changed like the direction of my life, you know, like that, this is not fluff. We don't just do this like because we like to play pretend, you know, like I do want to make a difference. I want to in some small way, you know, like I, I want to be remembered a little bit. Like life feels so insignificant in the, in a sense, you know, if you don't have any aspirations to, and it doesn't have to be through fame, but just to be a person that makes a difference in somebody else's life that they remember you fondly you know teachers do that every day you know healthcare workers you know like um but film and television actors you know like who's out there remembering the work of like you know a, a little guest star actor from ohio i think that's yeah i think it's amazing i and i of course that's why i will always say yes to anyone who wants to talk about it it's because it's a privilege it's a privilege it really is you know well, I'm hoping when it becomes a, a popular podcast, um, a I'd like to be involved if anyone's uh, able to start one up. But uh, yeah, we'll get talk about Big Bertha Muffin. Why not? <laughs> Always. Which... But I don't forget people. Like I don't like you know that whole thing. Like oh, you know, people say like if you you know get on a show or you become a little, you know, are you going to remember me? Of course, I'm going to remember people. Like you know, like absolutely. Like that's that's part of this whole world thing. This whole, you know, is like that you, uh, like if I booked a Ryan Murphy show tomorrow, you have my promise. I would absolutely come on and do your show. Like if I'm the lead. All right. (laughs) Well, we're going to, we're going to, we've got it right here on this episode now, right? People are going to be holding that to you. They're going to be tweeting you if all of a sudden you get to Hollywood. Oh no, I'm not doing the old network. Uh, So hang on a minute, hang on a minute. And then it'll be in the pages of variety and, all that you rewinding the tape yep yep i'll be doing that before i let you go Lindsay. i actually i just want to say i really hope when you go on this svu podcast if they don't have the dun dun as like their introduction or something like they're doing something wrong right i mean that's actually my text don't i don't watch law and order but i love that sound so much that when i get a text message my phone does the dun dun so you know that that makes it fun i have to ask um what what is what is harder when you're when you're an actor is it you know getting into that you know digging into that personal psyche of of Nanette Babcock or is it you know possibly getting slapped on the ass by Steve Carell and get smart what's harder yeah (laughs) I love getting slapped on the ass (laughs) was it a hard slap though like how many times did he have to do it did you know that under that dress I had on a harness built for me by the same people who do Cirque du Soleil Wow. Because I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Because of the lift. So I was high kicking at, uh, that's when I was 380 pounds. Wow. And high kicking with a harness around. Now, if you've never, I mean, imagine a corset. I mean, you're probably. I wear corsets all the time, Lindsay. What are you saying? Yeah. Well, you are Australian. Yeah. So. You know, that's just what we wear when we're fucking those spiders. Mm hmm. <laughs> So it was a thing where uh, he would have had to been the rock slapping my ass for me to feel it because I couldn't feel anything. Oh. That harness was so, I mean, you could barely move in it, you know. So I was proud of myself 
for doing that dance two days in a row, like over and over again with that darn harness on <laughs> underneath my dress. Well, putting on a pretty sexy accent too, the the, the Russian accent, pretty sexy. Can I tell you a quick story about that? I do have Please to go. Do. Please do. Please do. So when the audition came up, it was supposed to be Russian, but then the director told me we weren't going to do the accent. And so I was in Montreal <laughs> and I have so many stories from get smart. If you want to do a get smart podcast, call me. We, we, and, we will. I think we, we, we're looking at covering that movie one day. So uh, when we do, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll bump Steve Carell for you. It's all right. Oh yeah. Well, he's a, he's such a nice guy. I have to say, I can't say anything bad about Steve. He's literally one of the nicest stars I've ever met. So Fantastic. I wish I could say he's a total dick, like his office character, but he's not. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that so Hathaway, the, though. Ooh. so nice. <laughs> so nice. I know. And when she was getting all that, like flack around the, you know, you like me, the, you really like me time. I felt mm-hmm. so bad for she's so nice her name's annie if i was in new york we would have hung out she told me that she's like i want to hang out and i'm like wow i know so um they uh said no accent i get you know that so you work on a russian accent you Mm -hmm. do work there's a little research i would have done you know like i you you russian is not one you just kind of drop you Mm -hmm. know kind of like someone annoy the russians Yes, you don't mm. want to do, you know, I mean, you do a little bit of research on that, um, the way a certain actor should have done for Red Sonia. Yeah. I digress. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so <laughs> Red Sparrow, not Red Sonia, Red Sparrow. <laughs> we, we knew uh, where you were going there. We just, uh, we let that, we let one, that one go through. Yeah. Spice that too. Sparrow, Sparrow. <laughs> but yeah, so no, he threw that on me last minute. So I was like, oh, geez, Louise, is this going to even sound so thank you the accent was not the best i could do so i've if heard any, worse hmm. yeah, well, as an australian who often gets his accent mocked i can say like I, I the entire simpsons episode on the australian accent i think your russian accent and get smart sounded more australian than the simpsons accents on the episode of the simpsons so oh hello, hello, that's me like <laughs> really bad yeah, that one wasn't one of the best no. either, Lindsay. That's not a good way to end this interview. What can I say? I would do that to you. Well, you know, our idea of Australian was like outback yeah. restaurant, crocodile you know? Dundee kind of crocodile Dundee. Like you, it sucks. Like that. That was like the Amer. You know, that's all that would get to us for a it's while. It's like when you think we drink Foster's beer and then we just basically look at you like you're an idiot. So yeah, exactly. But. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you this right now. I've not met an Aussie that I have not liked. So, so, so I, I need to get you, you name dropping Steve Crow and Hathaway. We go, like, I know this is a common thing. I'm sure you get all the time working with this actor. Oh, what was it like? Can you at least tell me that Julian McMahon was as amazing as he seems he is? Yes. I will tell you that um, I have worked with two truly horrible people, mm-hmm. actors, and he was not one of them. Okay, I thought you got me worried there for a moment that you all of a sudden going actually he was a dick. <laughs> really, really, really. Um, you know, he's suave. Mm. Like he kind of, you know, he's like one of those men that like knows that he's really sexy. Like he's like, I'm not gonna pretend like I don't know I'm the hottest guy here. You know, back then, of course, you know, still still on- holding up all right today on FBI. He's yeah, still I'm just the saying, part. you know, yeah. he on the show, like he was, you know, he was the whatever 
but no, he, I, cause I, we had such a good time at the, um, the rap party. Which I actually then have to ask the question as well um, that I I joked before about how I swore I would never mention a certain character from that first season, uh, Valerie Cruz's character. The the only reason we say we don't mention her because she basically just, again, if you didn't watch it, she's a main character in season one. She literally disappears from season two and is never mentioned again. There's no, it's not like, oh, Grace took a job in, in Canada or something like literally there in the final episode of season one disappears season two never to be heard from again so we kind of just like well if she's not going to get mentioned anymore we don't need to say her name anymore and yet you nearly killed her your character had a knife to her (laughs) there's definitely a story there Uh, oh do you know the story do you know the answer i don't damn i do she was difficult to work with oh was she one of those two that you didn't like working with? okay are you allowed to tell us those two can i get a juicy caveat before i let you go I will tell you this. I'll save the other one for the next time I'm on. One of them was when I did Scrubs, which oh. I was so excited to do that show. I got a straight offer, which is so rare. I've only had two straight offers in my entire career. You know what that means? No audition. I just mm-hmm. get the role. Doesn't happen. For Law and Order Special Victims Unit, which I'm in nine minutes about to go talk about, <laughs> and for Scrubs. And Scrubs was one of my favorite shows. And no, it's the person I'm not, I'm talking about is not Zach Braff. So I'll let you guess who it was. One of the most terrible people I've ever worked with, horrible human being, and was even mean to me at the rap party. Oh, are you actually wanting me to play this game or do you want me to make it up in my head? I can play this game. Make it up in your head. I got to go. All right. <laughs> dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> that's the perfect way to end it. Lindsay, this has seriously been a lot of fun. Really appreciate your time. Plug yourself. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. Can people follow you? Check out what you're up to. I don't know why people do follow me so much on Instagram because I just put up pictures of myself. But <laughs> just kidding. I, 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 do, I am active on social media. So, Instagram, it's pretty easy. It's Lindsay Hollister. So that's Lindsay with an A and then Hollister like the store. No relation. Uh, <laughs> I would be producing my own show if I owned the Hollister empire. Uh, and then on Twitter, because my name is so long, the, it's very British, by the way. Lindsay Hollister is very British. Lindsay Ann Hollister is my full name. But Wow. Uh, you have the Lindsay same first and second name as my sister. There you go. True story. Yeah, yeah Lindsay Ann. That's my sister. Yep. That's really strange. So mm. on Twitter, it's Linz Hollister, L-I-N-D-S-H-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R. So I am active. Uh, not, I mean, Facebook, I do have a professional page, Lindsay Hollister. I don't post as much as I should, but I'm on Instagram a lot, uh, Twitter. Um, so uh, if, you've, if you're listening, give me a shout out. Uh, let me know. I am not too... Uh, above uh, answering messages and talking to people because I literally am just a normal human being. So I've said that I'm a great actor and I've said a lot of things about doing horrible things with spiders on this show, but at the end of the day, (laughs) I'm just a girl from Ohio asking somebody to cast her. (laughs) Perfect. Ryan, give her a shout out uh, and then we'll catch up for coffee soon. Lindsay, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Anytime. I mean that. 
Such a fun chat there with Lindsay. And once again, thanks very much for Lindsay for her time in joining us here on the program. It's a long time coming, this interview. Lots of, uh, lots of fun getting this one organized, but uh, so happy that we could finally get it done and that Lindsay was able to join us. And I'm not sure of the name of that SVU podcast that she uh, was recording at the same time as uh, doing this one with us, but uh, by all means, search for it, listen to that, and a shout out to, uh, let's call them Law & Order SVU Oz. Dun, dun because I'm sure that is probably what they're actually called. This is episode 996, four away from the big 1,000th episode. Plenty to get involved in that one, so get excited for that. We'll reveal some more details when that one comes a bit closer. But in a couple of days' time, we're going to close out anniversary month with our epic look at Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It was a movie that I ranked as my second favorite movie of all time when we did our top 50 movies and TV show episodes a couple of years ago. And I'm so excited for you to hear this recap because not only are Colin and I going to sit down and talk about Ferris Bueller's Day Off, we've got a special guest in none other than Survivor contestant Dan Foley because why wouldn't you have Dan Foley joining you to recap Ferris Bueller's Day Off? A bit of a background if you're listening to this and you're wondering why the hell have we gotten Dan Foley of all Survivor contestants to recap Ferris Bueller's Day Off? A couple of years ago when we had Dan on, we did a Survivor recap episode and we got talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Dan admitted his absolute love and admiration for that movie and said that if we ever recap Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he would like to join us on that episode I'm a man of my word 99% of the time, so therefore we have gotten Dan to join us. It is a long episode. It is a fun episode. It is three men talking about Ferris Bueller's day off. It's a fun episode. That's all I can say. So uh, that's dropping in a couple of days' time. So uh, make sure you tune into that here on the Oz Network. Plenty of stuff still to come. We've got some more interviews planned in the uh, coming months. Also, coverage of some great TV shows. You know, 24 is coming at some point this year, so get excited for that. Lost will return. We mentioned that last week in our Francois Chow episode. And we have another TV show that we've got uh, looking to cover, which is going to bring Nick back. I should really mention that here on a Nick Tuck episode, which of Nick and myself. Nick hasn't been on for quite some time. I don't think since some of our Survivor Winners at War coverage. But Nick will be coming back for a project which we've teased plenty of times. Not quite as long as our Nip Tuck one, about half the length of Nip Tuck. And it's not going to be as long as our 24 coverage, of course. I think that's going to trump all of our other episodes that we've done on this show. But uh, stay tuned. We'll announce something when we get that one up and running. Thanks again to Lindsay. Thanks everyone else for listening to today's episode. My name is Ben. This has been the Oz Network. Actually, no. Scrap that. My name is a young Simon Pegg. This has been the Oz Network, and we'll speak to you next time. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. 